It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Padres Hot Tub is brought to you by the Padres Hot Tub. Patreon. Go to patreon.com slash Padres Hot Tub. As well over 300 people have done, Chris Reed, join our community. And as spring training approaches, we are going back into full production mode, my friend, giving our patrons every dollar of their value and then some. Uh, I can't wait. We all know every single person who listens to the show who shows up in our Discord, which our patrons have access to, uh, they're expressing, nobody can wait, the excitement's building. Um, it feels great to support the things that you love, that you value. It feels good to invest in your joy. And uh, all of our patrons get ask, access to the Discord. It's a great way to be plugged into all things Padres. This week at FanFest, Craig, I noticed that in our Discord, there was secret info on where to find players, places to go. Uh, mm -hmm. So that that's going to never stop. You're going to get great information every time you pop into the Discord. And uh, you'll know you have the appreciation of us for supporting our show. Yeah, at just $5 a month, you get all of that access. You get ad-free uh, Padres Hot Tub. You get the podcast 12 hours before it goes out onto the free feed for everyone else you get on discord the op opportunity to participate in our live post game shows and our live group therapy podcast when you get up to a higher level like the 12 dollar level you get an opportunity to jump to the front of the line in all of those conversations to get a piece of padres hot tub merchandise and to get exclusive invites to come join myself join chris at padres ball games over the course of the season get up to that 30 dollar level now we're talking about some elite stuff including the chance to host a padres hot tub over the course of of the year you always thought you could do a better job than us well now's your chance to prove it so why not check it out check out all of our tiers and dive on in to the hot tub at patreon.com slash padres hot tub Padres Hot Tub, everybody. Greg Elston, Chris Reed, back with you on February 6th, 2023. We are now just about a week away, basically a week and a day away from Valentine's Day, from pitchers and catchers reporting. And it'll even be a couple days before that, Chris, for some of the WBC guys uh, going to get into Peoria just a couple days early to get their cleats dirty before they head out to their national team camps. Dude. Uh, the, it is our first episode, a fabulous February, the hot tub is frothy. It's only going to get more juicy as, uh, we get closer to the season. Um, thank goodness for the WBC because this, you know, the Padres team is so exciting. Uh, it's hard to keep your hat on. At least we'll have a little bit of a pressure vent as that gets to it. But, um, uh, yeah, it's, you know, truck day. It was today or recently, you know, it has begun. Spring training is inevitable and, uh, I'm here for it. Yeah. We're almost out of silly season. This is like the leanest of times. We're mm -hmm. pushing the scraps around. We're trying yep. to repurpose our meat, uh, in, in order to, uh, you know, create a, a gumbo, of some sort uh, <laughs> that'll get us through these weeks before we get some choice cuts uh, and actually start to hear the ball hit the bat here coming up. Um, you know, we could have been doing drafts of with you know fast food preferences or 
<laughs> or which which player we would put on the 40 man over but uh yeah even in spring training it won't be competitive ball per se the games won't be competitive but there's going to be roster spot competitions can't wait to see what happens with the starting rotation at the back of it you know, so lots of questions uh, popping up in our head every day, and we're only getting closer to when we might get some answers. Indeed. But today we will ask more questions, <laughs> and that'll be the uh, general theme of, of this evening. We'll, we'll talk about the information that came out of FanFest. We'll talk a little bit about FanFest itself, uh, and we'll probably uh, spend the bulk of our time talking about Manny opting out uh, and Juan Soto and see where that leaves us. And uh, I assume it won't lead us to a two-hour podcast because it's still February 6th, you know? Yes. You know, uh, I just also want to say hi to Rafey. Uh, Rafey was supposed to join us for some softball this weekend that got rained out. It's good to see you, buddy. It's good to see you guys. I'm happy to be here. I'm happy to get through the dog days of February with you all because uh, I am bored as shit. So um, this really helps me pass the time, and uh, I'm just stoked to be here. So thanks, guys. Producer Rafi Cantor right there. He has a mic, too. Uh, We let him open it. It's it's great. Um, All right. Coming up on the show, like I said, we'll talk a little Fan Fest. We'll talk a little Manny. We'll talk a little Tatis. We'll talk a little Soto. And then we'll talk a little more, and then we'll be out of here. Um, So I had three tickets to Fan Fest. Mm. And had at least a thought that the family was going to go on Saturday. I've been to, you know, multiple fan fests over the years. I always found the garage sale to be something I enjoyed, uh, and especially a few years ago, and that's where I, I did get at a previous Padres garage sale my beloved Kevin Elster uh, San Diego Padres jersey with a 125th anniversary MLB patch. Uh, on the sleeve from his spring training appearance. Uh, But they made him a big league jersey, uh, one that he never wore. Nonetheless, Kevin Elster. I I bought it thinking at the time I would ask Brian Prilliman, the clubhouse man, to replace the R with an N. And then I could have my Craig Elston jersey, uh, number two jersey. And I never did that, so I've still got a Kevin Elster jersey uh, you, you know there's duct tape right duct tape and sharpies yeah <laughs> but how dare i sully the hallowed jersey of kevin elster with a duct you, tape and a sharpie you're afraid like his dad's gonna be at a game or something you know yeah let's let's stay classy let's stay classy <laughs> you know let's let's keep let's keep the kevin elster jersey uh pristine um so I, I like I said I had three tickets right. Yeah. I did not go to Fan Fest. I did not go to Fan mm-hmm. Fest. I woke up. Um, our Padres Hot Tub Discord provided me an incredible service from some of our great fans and and patrons who were there at seven thirty eight in the morning, posting the lines all the way up and down Tony Gwynn Drive and doubled back around. And if there's one thing my wife can't stand, it's big crowds. And if there's one thing that my son can't stand ever since the pandemic, it's big crowds. And I saw that. I saw a couple people post on Twitter, and I went, okay, done. Forget about it. We're not going. It'll be much better if we don't. We didn't. Um, and and I, I, here's the thing, man. Um, I think FanFest is terrific. It's just simply not for me. Like, as a fan... Of baseball, it's not for me. I've had the opportunity to be around Major League Baseball players. It's not all it's cracked up to be, to be honest. <laughs> the, the, to stand in a line for 90 minutes, to stand in a line longer than the Matterhorn or Space Mountain, just to get a chance for a photograph or an autograph. I don't collect Major League Baseball photographs. I don't collect Major League Baseball autographs. Uh, there were, you know, obviously players being interviewed on stage, you know, and, and, and those type of things. Anything interesting they say gets reprinted in The Athletic the next day and literally did. Uh, and any of the clips that are worth a damn found their way into our Discord, found their way into a Union Tribune story. Uh, so for me, I don't need to go to FanFest. You know, I don't usually go to opening day for very similar reasons. 
Um, but the thing is, FanFest is an opportunity for a lot of fans who don't get to go to Padres baseball games. FanFest tickets are free. FanFest, they, they issued 150,000 of them for, and, and said about 50,000 people took advantage and came to the game or to, to the event. And most of those, not all, but I, I'd bet you that a five digit group subset of that group won't be to a Padres game the whole year. But this was their opportunity to kind of rub rub elbows with it and, and to see what it looked like and to feel the buzz. And so I got no critiques. I, I know people were a little down on how the club handled crowds and lines and whatnot. I get that, but I think it's a great event. It's just something that, quite honestly, you'd almost even if you paid me fifty bucks, I'd have a hard time going. I did one Comic Con on Sons of Anarchy, Craig, and I had an anxiety attack leaving the place because of the crowd. So I'm right there with you. Um, it, it isn't for me. I, you know, I'm, I'm a bull. I, I need to run sometimes and you can't do it when you're, you, you're, you know, belly to back and, <laughs> and worse things to your back with, with other people. But I, I do feel bad for the folks that, you know, had kids and wanted their kids to interact with their favorite players. It, it's, you know, expectation is the, the mother of disappointment. So I you can't build yourself up to that you're going to get to spend time with your favorite athlete in these things because there's going to be a thousand people who want to do the same. I've done a lot of Comic-Cons, and they're a similar type vibe with a certain level of celebrity. Uh, but when it's the big time level where you're in for 15 seconds – you don't get to have a conversation with them. You don't get to learn anything about them. You're uh, you're an item that they sign, and it, it, sometimes you, you don't even get them to look up. So it's not a – the event is great if you want to go sit, get your feet on the grass, kind of get the perspective of what it might look like in the dugout. I think it's really incredible for, for that. And yeah, if you have a size eight head, sometimes it's the only place to get a deal on the hat. Um, I feel, I feel bad for the parents that brought kids hoping, uh, that they get to meet their heroes. I hope that the team keeps doing community events throughout the season so that maybe that'll be a chance. Uh, there'll be other opportunities. Yeah. And the other thing is for folks who just, you know, have friends that they only see at the ball game, you know, the, the quote unquote Padres Twitter community, you know, there's that kinship that gets rekindled about getting the band back together and, and getting your group, your social group back reassembled. So again, I'm not nicking FanFest in any way, shape or form. I think it's terrific. It's just not for me, like at all. It's, it's the antithesis of the things that get me fired up. And that's why I always go to Tony Gwynn opening day, as opposed to going to opening day opening day you know I, I think there's a different crowd opening day than there is for almost every other game and while there's some folks who want that picture more than anything of the fourth inning meetup that's 200 strong you know uh i i don't i don't you know i mean we i i don't know that's just that that's me i thought the real winner of the weekend was the community tour the day before yeah yeah thought it was so cool to see whether it's Cronenworth at a school or Joe Musgrove pouring drinks at Bubs, you know, the the idea of infiltration, you know, mm -hmm. of of a Padre showing up where you wouldn't expect a Padre to be. Everyone expects the Padres to be inside Petco Park. But but to see them go out and fan out into the community, uh combined, I think for the players, it had to be a really electric 48 hours that probably for some of them they felt like, oh man, look at this itinerary. The team's given me, I have to be, you know, showing up at the park at 8 a.m. for this, that, the other thing. But in the end of it, all the positive energy that they get back, it's got to be a great lift when you're about to go into the grind of Peoria. And you're getting more interaction as the player. They're getting more interaction with actual people because it's not a thousand people. It's not a line a thousand people deep. It's meeting people on their territory where they're comfortable. I saw... 
um, an interview at an elementary school where there was a nine or ten year old girl talking about her stress level and dealing with it. And, you know, she was at like a seven or eight because she felt a lot of responsibility guiding these players around. And, you know, that's all getting to see a whole different um, uh, dimension of humanity than just a line of people coming to you nonstop for a few hours. Uh, it was flawless marketing, man. I saw that it was about to happen early in the day on Instagram, and it's like, oh, wait, they're, they're, they're fanning out. There's teams involved. There's squads. Like, who's going to be on whose squad? Where are they going? And then as it developed throughout the day just to see the great content coming in of, you know, interviews or, you know, players looking at fish, you know, Jake Cronenworth learning all about fish, um, that was a, a real peek behind the curtain of who these guys are and just flawless marketing, man. Really, really Completely. quick. One thing I thought was super easy or super interesting was Jackson Merrill and Ethan Solace joining the team. You know, yeah. it's not just the stars, yeah. it's the young prospects. I mean, they, these are big time prospects. Don't get me wrong, but I mean, these guys aren't going to see a major league field for multiple seasons. And the fact that they're still out in the community was something I thought was a really interesting choice. Yeah, and others. And, you know, <laughs> I forget who made the joke. There was somebody who said, told Ethan Salas, he better watch it signing in because they might make him take an English, you know, English literature class because he's the same age as the kids at the school. <laughs> yeah, no, I agree with you, Rafi. That's, uh, it's just an, it's a neat bit that we get to also, you know, in addition to connecting the stars of the Padres with the community, we get to connect the future stars of the Brewers or the Guardians or the uh, <laughs> whichever team we're going to make a trade with oh, in the next couple of years. <laughs> and connect them with the community uh, as well. So, you know, that's, it's good. It's, 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 it's really good. It's nice. Um, in the news, there's only one little tiny piece of news. Uh, Chris, your Eggy Rosario cards are currently uh, dropping, free-falling in, in value. Uh, Eggy Rosario broke an ankle out until mid-season. Scratch him off the list then. In the deepest position in the uh, organization, this is a bad timing break for Eggy Rosario. Um. Like, this is a sobering reminder that things can go wrong at any time. This guy was playing winter ball, doing sprinting drills when, when the accident happened. And it is devastating for him, man. We have a dearth uh, or a plethora of shortstops available on the roster. And the only way he was going to get eyes on him is if those guys were out distracted by something else. And lo and behold, during spring training... All of them were going to be at the World Baseball Classic. Yep. So the dude was going to have one-on-one -on -one time with his coaches, getting reps, and that opportunity is gone. Um, it, it's the type of thing where he's not hes not an old guy. I think he's 23. This is his age 24 season. But to lose the opportunity uh, to, to just kind of fill the spot that they – they still need, they need an infield death piece, uh, has to be a huge blow. I hope he can come back to it. I mean, just to think for, like the consequences for his career could be really big, man. And, uh, it takes a lot of strength to, to just mentally get past it, let alone the physically. I, I'm sure he can do that, but it's gotta hurt. Yeah. Realistically, Eggy Rosario's goals this year i'm not trying to be too cynical it was either to play well enough in spring training when the entire infield is gone uh in order to be considered as part of a trade piece or to play well enough in el paso over the course of the season to be considered a trade piece because there's no room there, there's just no room and there's other guys in the organization like merrill ticketed to rise right past Rosario uh, in short order. So, you know, his chance was to maybe be the 26th guy for half the season this yeah. year and be the double header call up, you know, that, that kind of guy. Uh, and with that basically blown out of the water and now being 
rehab in Peoria until you get a chance to go back to AAA. Uh, yeah, I, I hope it's not a career killer for Eggy Rosario, but definitely kind of just takes him completely out of the potential asset category for AJ Preller this year. Absolutely. Um, it, it's a, you know, he's from the class of 2015. He, he's one of AJ's first guys. And uh, I'm sure Mr. Preller doesn't want to cut loose guys like that, but it's going to be tough for him coming back in the middle of the season as the Padres are, are trying to win a World Series with, you know, the, the payroll that they have, the, the death in the middle of the infield. Um, but we're, we're going to be getting to that in a few, aren't we? But, uh, yeah, I, I just feel huge for him. I feel like it's going to have big consequences seeing the opportunity he had in spring training uh, that, that is unparalleled. Like, <laughs> this was the spring for him to get good eyes, good reps, you know, be the team's shortstop for a minute. And, yeah, now he will not be. Uh, the other piece of news we kind of knew, but um... – I don't think this, we don't really have to spend a lot of time on this, but uh, we already knew that WBC players were going to be reporting early to camp and then leaving to go to their various national team camps uh, and that it would be kind of a staggered release, so to speak. And there's one guy that this will not apply to, which is you, Darvish. The Japanese team is training in Asia, and that's where Darvish will be. So he won't be with the Padres in Peoria until probably he makes his one and only spring training start of the season, bridging from WBC to starting opening day. Concernometer, 0 to 10, you Darvish making one Peoria appearance this season. You know what, Craig? I believe in you, so I'm at a zero, my friend. Like The guy is as consummate a pro as exists. Um, I'm rooting for him to do great in the tournament and, uh, you know, not, not work too hard, but have fun. This season started good. The only thing that I'll say, and I'll be a two on this, I'm not going to get wild, uh, is that the new rules, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, are not in place for the WBC. I believe the new rules are not in place for the WBC. So you Darvish is going to be preparing for the season with no incentive to prepare for the season. He can just prepare to win the WBC pitch in the old fashioned way. And that could lead to an adjustment period. And he's the guy or one of the guys, him and Snell, I think are the two guys we're the most worried about in terms of adjusting to the pitch clock the shorter distance between bases, the fact that, I mean, you you could steal on you, Darvish, already. So mm-hmm. it could be a merry-go-round, to be honest. Uh, you know, the combination of him and Austin Nola, I don't think is going to throw out many people with the big balloon bases. Dude, that's a truly great point. I hadn't considered it. Um, but it does, I, I do resort back to faith in you that this is something he's aware of, you know, they've been training for it. It's not going to be, uh, oh, I just needed spring training to get my clock down. And it wouldn't surprise me if he did his best to quicken his pace during the WBC. Like there's no rule that says he has to pitch like he did last year. Um, but I hadn't thought about that. Uh, any rule variance is going to be something different and lead to an adjustment and use the type of guy that can pitch out of trouble, but he's also the type of guy that gives up home runs when guys are on base. So if the early, if he's flustered in early season games, it just, I mean, look at his second or third start of last year at San Francisco that went wrong in subtle ways at first before it became, um, a season-long handicap on his ERA. Yeah, I, I'm. Not, I have faith in Darvish as well. I also have faith in you, Chris. Um, but I have faith in Darvish. I think he'll do. Uh, I think he'll do a great job. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. 
The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry. Sorry. We're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No. Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Uh, one last kind of transitional thing from FanFest as we get into the stories of the game. You know, talk about some of the things that they said uh, at FanFest. And for Fernando Tatis Jr., if he had any questions about how San Diego was going to respond... He got the answers that he was hoping for. He was cheered long. He was cheered loud. uh, He was received as positively as possible. uh, And he knows that it's not going to be that way on the road. He knows he's going to hear it. Um, But boy, Fernando said all the right things from he felt the healthiest he's been in two years to how excited he is for a redemption tour, you know, and and to to get his name back and to get his his reputation back. all systems go for FTJ right now. He crushed it, man. I don't know if it's been him being around the team so much lately, you know, doing all the training with Joe, but he does have a composure coming into this season that he he didn't certainly have when news of his PED uh, suspension broke or when he was trying to answer questions about what happened to his wrist. Uh, he, it, hopefully like the, the machine behind these players behind Fernando is in full gear, like coaching him up on, uh, you know, how to talk, but it seemed completely authentic. Um, he, you mentioned about, he was asked about how he's going to face the opposing crowds and he said it, it'll be emotional and it's going to be emotions he hasn't had before, but he also had a wry smile on his face when thinking about it, which tells me that it's going to be fun for him in some regard. Like he's already kind of embraced it a little bit. He knows what's coming. Uh, It just gives me a little bit more confidence than I had. There was no fear there. And uh, I would be terrified. (laughs) I'm not, I'm not Fernando Tatis Jr. By any means. But uh, I, I loved seeing the little the little wryness to his smile when thinking about it, and his composure was excellent. Um, made me very excited and grateful that we are going to get to see him a lot in spring training, at least. Now, where we see him? Well, I think you're going to see a good deal of him in the outfield. The fact that the whole infield will be missing for the entire spring training almost... does give the Padres the opportunity to play Fernando Tatis Jr. at shortstop uh, and to give him shortstop reps uh, during spring games. But before we we jump off him to Manny and to Soto, I I thought it was interesting. You know, uh, Fernando was asked about his position for this season, and his quote was, I got to talk to my manager, Tatis said, laughing. But I'm open. I feel this is a great team that we have. This is a great roster. What the front office has built together. I feel like everybody's on the same page, and that page is winning. So whatever it takes, we're going to do it. Cool. Great. Do you really believe the Padres have not told Fernando Tatis Jr. where he's going to play this season? I don't know, Craig, because they've all said the exact same thing. They all say 
He's going to play some infield and some outfield because that really gives us a clue into the machinations of what they're doing. It only gets my conspiracy theory hat on about trades and all that, and I don't want to walk down that path. It doesn't make any sense right now. The thing that makes sense is that they all know he's going to be in right field, and that's where his tra- spring training is going to primarily be spent, regardless of you know who's play- who's not available because they're in the World Baseball Classic. Um, but... <laughs> it is weird that they're all saying the exact same weird little code. Uh, the only thing we know is Xander Bogarts is playing shortstop. AJ Preller did an interview on the Baseball Tonight podcast with Buster Olney, and he was being coy about the entire infield. He was being coy about Kim and Cronenworth, too. Yeah. So. Uh, maybe this is, you know, the the hard knocks drama the team's trying to drum up. Maybe they're actually working on things in the background and they're not sure how much of this roster is going to be who they're going to be making their playoff push with. Uh, AJ Preller, anything's possible. He could be just, you know, seeing where they're at the first few months of the season and focusing spring training on the the rotation competition or whatever. But the it may they have to have had a conversation about it because they're all saying the exact same thing. Yeah, I just okay on one level, I just don't get it. And if if you have to ask, if you're asking me, like you know, be honest, what do you think the Padres are doing? I think the Padres are goofing around. Um, in the <laughs> aspect of, I think that they have told Jake Cronenworth, "You're a first baseman." Hassan Kim, you're going to play second. Xander, you're going to play short. Fernando, you're going to play right. Juan, you're going to move to left. And that's the way it's going to be. And that's how we're going to play. And then they're just saying this stuff in public because, I don't know, because Bill Belichick was an asshole 15 years ago and won some Super Bowls. And then everyone decided that that was the way to do it and that lying to the media is like somehow a smart strategy. I okay, so so that's what I think they're doing, but but Chris, I remember Chase Headley. All right, I remember left Chase Headley lumbering Chase around in left field and falling yeah. over. Yeah. Okay, I remember Will Myers at third base, third baseman, left fielder, Will Myers. And yeah, left, right field, center field, third base. Yeah. They have screwed up position changes. Uh, AJ Preller Padre teams have completely mauled position changes in the recent history of this club. And I just don't want them to screw this up. And for us to read a Dennis Lynn article in May that says that Fernando was never sure of where he was playing and he didn't know the right way to prepare. And he still kind of thought he was going to be shortstop even after they signed Xander or, you know, just like, just be clear. You're going to be in right. Go be a great right fielder. Cause you're going to be a right fielder. We signed Xander Bogarts. Shortstop's closed. Are you going to play second? You're going to play third? You're going to play first? You're not going to play first. You're going to play center? You're going to play right. Oh, you're going to play right. Go play right field. Why are we screwing around here? Uh, because the showmanship. This is the Joe Bluth school of uh, of roster construction. It's, illu- it's an illusion, Michael. You know, um, <laughs> and, and it... You can be frustrated. You're allowed to because their third best shortstop is going to be playing shortstop. You know, that logic alone uh, brings up questions. And in that same uh, in that same Buster Olney interview, AJ revealed that he had pitched to Nelson Cruz that maybe he should take up pitching. So, <laughs> yeah, this isn't a new thing for him. You know, right. the, the guy has ideas. And thankfully, Tatis said, that's up to my manager, <laughs> you know. I, I, have, I have faith in Bob Melvin putting a good starting lineup together. And I think a lot of Padres fans, when they're, when they're filling out their uh, 420 starting lineup and where players are lining up, I think we all have Tatis in the ninth spot. 
Um, so, but it, <laughs> they, they like, they, they like to make things fun, Craig. And, uh, and who knows? Things could get crazy before the start of the year. I, but they, they, they say all this stuff also telling us that we like our team. We like our roster. We like where it is. So whatever, man. Yeah. I mean, I, I think they're just messing with us. I really do. I think they're messing with us, you know, so that we can have that story in the second day of spring training. Bob Melvin brought Fernando into his office and then Fernando walked out and said, I'm a right fielder and I'm happy. Like, really? What are we doing? Anyways, he taught, um, he said, he said the right things. He said, all he cares about is winning. That's all yeah. we care about Nando. So we're on the same page, my friend. All right, let's get into, uh, let's, let's wrap up with the two things that we can't fix tonight, but we can certainly talk about. Um, Manny Machado is going to opt out at the end of the year. There, there's, there's no question about that. Um, I don't think there was a question about that. Uh, however, it's now a thing. And when Manny Machado was asked about this at FanFest, this was his answer. He said, uh, so he was asked about his interest in working out another contract to stay in San Diego. And his answer was, quote, the priority is not that. I think that's on AJ and Peter and the organization. I've expressed myself on where we stand, and I think the main focus for me during the season is to go out there and play baseball and trying to bring a championship to this team and to this city that's been waiting a long time. Okay, cool, no problem. Manny's opting out. So my question to you is, when he says that, what he's saying is, Team's got to come to me. I'm not going to come to them and say, hi, guys, I've got a year left, but I think the best idea would be for us to do this and have this contract. That's not going to happen. They, he needs to get a contract offer, an extension offer from AJ and from Peter uh, to negotiate off of. So my question to you is, should the Padres understanding that Manny Machado is going to be exclusively in their camp, you know, in their little corner of the world in Peoria for two weeks, and then he will be gone for three weeks, and then he'll be back for four or five days, and then it'll be the season. Is there pressure right now, today, now, for the Padres to put this offer together to the Lozanos and to Manny Machado. Sure, absolutely. I think A.J. Preller revealed as much in his conversation with Buster. Uh, Manny, when he's on the field, he carries himself like a baseball player. And when he's off the field, he carries himself kind of like a businessman. You know, he dresses sharp. He he speaks like a leader. He, he doesn't give out words. Um so it doesn't surprise me he's taking a business approach, a business first approach to this. Um, more confusing to me than any of the team's messaging was Preller's messaging regarding this. He he said something to the tune of, "Well, Manny's under contract, um, so we're not too concerned about it. We got him under contract. Well, you gave him the opt out, man, so he's not under contract." Uh, he's facing a decision which a lot of us think is pretty straightforward. Uh, he, he gets one more shot at a giant deal and he's going to take it. So let's face reality instead of posturing that, well, we've got him under contract and it's his decision. It's on him. The impetus is on him to decide whether he wants to do it or not. Um, no, it is on the team. You you gave him the opt-out. You know that's the reality that he's going to choose. So let's go ahead and manifest a different reality in the next two weeks while you can. And he did, thankfully, uh, mention that exact timeline. I Okay. 
I don't believe a deal will be done before the WBC to extend Manny Machado's contract, but I believe the framework of a deal could be done. Exactly. Yeah. But before he leaves for the WBC to the point that he could come back and that could be the big announcement when the team breaks Peoria, you know, and, and heads back to San Diego, that they head back with five more years and 150 million more dollars attached to Manny Machado's contract. Uh, and that now he's going to be a Padre for the rest of his career. And he's going to go into the hall of fame in a Padres cap. And, you know, we are, we are settled on this issue. Uh, if opening day comes and Manny Machado hasn't signed a contract extension, one to 10 concernometer, how concerned are you that he will no longer be a Padre at the end of the year if that happens? Well, and by, uh, let's, let's say if he'll be a Padre in 24 because he's going to opt out. Uh, the thing is, Manny left it open to the talking during the season. Uh, in contrast with another player on the team. And you just said it. I think that if the Padres approach with a reasonable offer in the next couple weeks, a framework can be laid that may take more than a month to work out. So that would put you past opening day. Um, Yeah, so a solid five. I think it would be great if it was done before opening day. I don't think that's incredibly likely. And the fact that Manny said that he's open to talking about it during the season and doesn't think that that uh, would affect him. uh, It could go into the year. Uh, Yeah, it could. I'm not, I don't, I don't think if it's opening day and Manny doesn't have a deal, I'm, I'm going well. Here comes Manny's free agency. I'm going to have hope until uh, October, really. That's fair. Um, based on the way I framed the question, I think five is a is a baseline because you know if if you think that that deal is important and then that deal doesn't happen, now you're heading toward an event horizon which is free agency. And once a player gets into free agency, you no longer have the upper hand. You no longer have the negotiating control. Now, most people are like, when they say that, they go, oh, well, and then Manny, whose former manager, Buck Showalter, is in New York. You know, it's a natural fit for him to go to the Mets. The Mets are over the Cohen tax. So if you were going to pay Manny Machado $30 million more, right? More because it's a free agency, because he'd be giving up $30 million. To, to go into free agency. So if you were going to pay him $38 million a year uh, for the next eight years, that $38 million a year uh, is a lot closer to $75 million a year yeah. in, in terms of what Steve Cohen has to pay because it's a 90% tax. So it's one thing to say you're going to pay Manny Machado, $38 million a year. It's another thing to say you're going to pay him $75 million a year. That, that I think, is too much even for the Mets. I don't think the Mets are a realistic destination for Manny Machado. doesn't mean that the Yankees aren't a realistic destination or probably not the Dodgers, but maybe the Giants, you know. Um, the, doesn't mean that he wouldn't be a suitor. He'd be the number two free agent to Shohei Otani. Uh, and once Otani has decided, he'd be the number one guy in the market. I just don't think the Mets are the boogeyman in this scenario. I can't imagine them. I don't know. Maybe Steve Cohen will just spend $600 billion, Rafi. I want to take you guys back to about a year ago and to the Bronx. Because if you remember this time, you know, if we're talking about self-imposed opening day deadlines... Aaron Judge was offered an extension by the Yankees front office of seven year, excuse me, eight years and two hundred and thirty million dollars, and he turned it down. And Aaron Judge uh, was the one who put the self-imposed deadline of opening day, we're signing extension or or I'm not. And he went on to have one of the top ten seasons in you know the last generation. Uh, and you know he got he got his big extension and. I think that, you know, Manny's camp has to be thinking about that because if he puts up another six, seven more year, he might not get the quite the judge payout, but it'll be close and he plays a more premium position. 
And, uh, you know, with his defense and everything, he offers a little bit more than uh, more versatility than, than, than Aaron Judge offered. So I, I would be really suspect of the idea that he would sign an extension midseason, uh, especially because, you know, we had Joe Musgrove do that last year, but, but Joe's got ties to the community. He wanted to stay. Manny, right. you know, as much as I love him and as much as I would like to think that he would take his time to San Diego to heart, he's just not going to have that same kind of level of connection. So uh, just keep that in mind. Well, sure, but he did say he would be open to it. So it, it is a little bit different. If he sets a deadline, then you're, then my, my number goes up. You know, uh, several Chris's and several people smarter than Chris have said that Manny Machado is an MVP candidate this year. So uh, that certainly could be part of his calculus that it's a bet on myself situation and I'm going to go out and have the best season I've ever had and I'm going to top my 300 number. My hope is that that is not Manny's priority that this is a you know just being basic 101 negotiating uh don't show them you're so excited that they take you for granted um it, it should or should not be noted that there were you know the new the 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 twitter buzz about this today uh you know had somebody talking to Ben and Woods um, asking a silly question then yonder Alonzo Manny Machado's brother-in-law threw in some laughy face emojis in response to the question, which basically uh, was along the lines of uh, Manny opting out. I'm trying to remember it because the dude deleted it and I can't find it, but it was, it was, is Manny more worried about this because of X happening or this and yonder Alanza laughed at it. Um, So I don't think anything anybody else does is going to have a, impact on Manny's decision. The one last thing I was just trying to figure out, because this is going to tie into our final conversation topic of Juan Soto. Uh, You know, we think about the disaster of letting Juan Soto go for nothing, quote unquote, right? Uh, Of having Juan Soto, uh, after you've traded six guys to get him, to play two and a half seasons in San Diego and then leave. And of course you can offer Juan Soto a qualifying offer and at least get a draft pick when he signs uh, for a different team, which is, was, you know, it's no great shakes, <laughs> but uh, for, for Manny, if Manny opts out, can you give him a qualifying offer? Depends on if he's gotten one before. Did he get one from Baltimore when he left? Or from Los Angeles? Well, that's a good question. I'm not sure. I'm not sure whether he did or not. I kind of think he did. All right. We'll toss that one to, produ- to producer Rafey. Um, I, uh, I, it doesn't matter because uh, a draft I'm pick and a ham scratching my head. I don't know. I'm scratching a, my head. A draft pick and a ham sandwich will get you a ham sandwich guaranteed, right? So, if, if that's your plan B, it's a really bad one. Yeah, um, I'm. I, I'm just. I'm just curious because if we think it's a disaster to let Juan Soto walk for nothing. How much of a disaster would it be for Manny Machado to walk for nothing? Or, like, as I'm arguing with myself from last week, is it that much of a disaster at all to let Manny Machado walk and have paid for the five best years of his career? Uh, it, it is to a lot of fans of him, at least. Um, but it goes back to what Manny values. Let's show him a season where, uh, you know, he can win a championship. That's what he said his priority is. And uh, let's ha- let's have him do that and go from there, huh? Um, just yeah. by quick search, and, and someone in the Discord is going to correct me if I got this wrong, but I believe uh, you can only get the qualifying offer once in your career, and that's when you hit free agency for the first time. So yeah. uh, the, the Dodgers actually <laughs> would have... Uh, or no, 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 because you have to play for the team for the whole season. So, so... Okay, that's interesting. So he probably hasn't gotten it then. So he probably hasn't gotten it then. So uh, this could be interesting. I, I, I'll have to dig more into this and 
if you're a member of our uh, Patreon Discord, you'll be able to be a part of that conversation as this goes live. Patreon.com slash Padres Discord. We'll turn our ignorance into a sales pitch for the Discord. <laughs> yeah, that's showmanship <laughs> right there. That's a crafty old hand at work. All right, so let's turn this to Juan Soto. Uh, Juan Soto asked about his contract situation at FanFest, said, mm-hmm. quote, I mean, I have two more years here. I think that's a long time if you go day by day and try to enjoy it. Every moment, every second that I'm here, like I did with the Nationals, I'm happy to be here. I have two more years, and we're going to see what's going to happen after that. Certainly doesn't sound like uh, a, a guy committed to be here. Then uh, he was asked about you know coming to a $23 million deal to avoid arbitration. And he said, quote, we got that done. After that, I don't know if we're going to start talking about a long-term extension, but I leave that to my agent and the team. Again, the right thing for Juan Soto to say. Um, Soto says, I have two more years here. Does he, though? Mm. Can the Padres afford to let Juan Soto leave after 2024 in exchange for one draft pick compensation? Absolutely, as long as they're competing in those two years. If they're talking about trading Juan Soto, things have gone terribly, terribly wrong. And you're finding yourself in an angel situation with do we trade Shohei or not? Uh, and, and they're facing that particular gauntlet uh, of decision making. And that's a, that is a dark reality for the Padres and a lot of things besides, uh, you know, just one or two players getting hurt or, or opting out will have had to have happened if that's what's happening. Now, I'm trying to think of cross uh, of examples of this. The first one I come to is cross sport. Okay. But, um, Kawhi Leonard and Toronto, Toronto made a, a big trade. You know, I mean, DeMar DeRozan, right. Okay. All, all-star player, but you know, they made, they made a big trade and they sacrificed assets to get Kawhi Leonard for a short-term rental. And Kawhi Leonard played hard for Toronto and won a championship. And then he left for the Clippers. Um, if Juan Soto plays hard, wins a championship in San Diego, and then leaves and signs a free agent deal with the Yankees and, and you know, becomes a $550 million player in New York, that's fine, right? I think we all agree that's fine, yep, right? 100%. Uh, if, if Juan Soto doesn't win a World Series with the San Diego Padres, uh, and we just, but we just compete, you know, the, we, we had two winning years, two playoff appearances, it doesn't come together, uh, and he leaves. Okay, it's money that can be reallocated somewhere else, but you've missed your Otani window, uh, it, you know, because that would be this year uh, to, to go after Shohei Otani. It's it's kind of a distasteful situation. People are going to say the Padres wound up losing that deal, and maybe they'd be right if C.J. Abrams is making all-star games by that point, or Mackenzie Gore, um, or Jarlin Susanna is striking out 15 in his Major League debut or something. Um, but I don't know. That's a, That's the next step down. Is that a disaster for the Padres if that happens? Well, uh, if Manny has also opted out and found greener pastures, yeah, it sure is. I do think the Padres made the Soto trade with the calculus of they were going to have a good shot at getting him long term. I think that's one reason why the price was so high. It's not apples to apples, but the Mookie Betts deal uh, from Boston to L.A., of course, that was coupled with a salary dump in David Price, so the prospect hole can't really be compared. But Mookie was going to be uh, one year at that point. If not, it was two. Uh, you can correct me if you, any either of you guys know. Do you know if that was a one year of Mookie when he got traded or two? I think it was one, but I could be wrong. Well, either yeah, way, he it was one. It was one. So yeah, so the looking at a f- one full season of Mookie. He gets in the clubhouse, likes the vibe. They get the extension done. 
I don't see it going that way with Soto because of, again, what he said. His posturing, him and Manny, uh, uh, you know, they're in the same genre, but those guys are reading from two different scripts. Um, it, it's an entire different energy coming from Soto. I think it's extremely likely he hits free agency. That's what I'm mentally preparing myself for, that the Padres are going to be in a basically bidding war. Um, Manny, Shohei, I get the vibes that those guys have priorities that may not be the biggest number in history. Juan Soto, and he has every right to do so, feels like a guy that wants that biggest number in history. He's going to hit free agency incredibly young, I think 26. He's going to hit it having won a World Series. He's going to hit it being one of the best hitters in the game with a long future ahead of him. So I think he, and especially his agent, have a huge interest in setting the market, if not AAV, then total number. And the Padres fans don't want to see their team in that bidding war. All right, I want to go to the last last setting on this. And I heard Ben and Woods talk about this a week or so ago. Uh, Very seriously, Woods was very serious about this, Mm. saying you cannot let Juan Soto leave as a free agent that you just you you can't afford it you you did you gave up too much you set the franchise back too far and that if you get to the point that you've decided you're not going to re-sign him you have to trade him and you have to get a recoup uh you know a a back-end recoup I, i was trying to sort in my mind how that could happen in a way that wasn't a complete and utter disaster for the San Diego Padres. I was having a hard time, to be very honest with you. Here's the scenario I came up with. And no one wants to hear this scenario, okay? <laughs> this is, the, in about three or four, no, more like uh, five or six weeks, Chris, we'll head toward our official prediction series of podcasts. One of them is the worst case scenario podcast. This is the worst case scenario. Okay. You Darvish hurts himself in the WBC. Doesn't pitch all year. Joe Musgrove gets hurt a month into the season. Blake Snell gets hurt two months into the season. And you look up in June, and the Padres' rotation is Nick Martinez, Seth Lugo, Jay Groom, Ryan Weathers, Reese Kinnear. And Michelle, ba- you know, Adrian Morahone, Michelle Baez piggyback. I thought you were going to say Michelle Obama, which is just, I mean, like, that's the level of bad we're talking about. Yeah. And Tatis doesn't come back right. And we look up and it's July. And the Padres are 12 games under 500. The Padres have just had a, a complete, utter disaster of a season. The, the city's been on them for three months. Everyone's paying the elevated prices. The capped season ticket holders are beside themselves. And you look at it in July and you say, this team, I'm sorry, it's effed. Like the, our, our best, best case scenario is to play 800 baseball to get to the last play-in spot, you know, to get to the last wild card spot. At that moment, a trade of Soto would get the, re- the team that you're trading him to the chance for two postseasons of Juan Soto, the chance for two pennant races of Juan Soto. And while you wouldn't get six players back, you might get four players back, and one of those players might be able to help your big league team right away, and you could be looking at, okay, now we've traded him, now we've got whatever the Manny situation is, whether we resolved it preseason or we didn't. We know the Darvish, Snell, all, all of this money is coming off, and now we're going to make a play for Otani. You know, or, or we're just whatever that retool is, we're going to hard retool that 2024 is going to be that year that we're going to be right back in the middle of it. Yeah. But this is the one spot we have to trade Juan Soto that we could get a recoup 
because the fans at that point would say, okay, 2023 has sucked, right? This, se- this season that was supposed to be the mo- most anticipated season in Padres history has been the most disappointing season in Padres history. And that's the only, only scenario I can come up with, Chris, by which I could imagine the Padres fandom not flat out rioting at the idea that they traded Juan Soto. You have to go absolute darkest timeline, you know, for, for it to make any sense whatsoever, which makes me think it's unlikely. I, I'm, I don't think we're heading for a darkest timeline. I think the team's been assembled uh, well enough to avoid that. Um, and without any one of Darvish, Snell, or Musgrove, our lineup keeps us in every game. Um, and there are trade pieces in other places. Like the Padres could make something happen. I know the 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 end of the farm team's reign as a top ten or a top fifteen or even at this point a top twenty. Uh, you know, making those lists are kind of done, but things happen all the time for different reasons. And you can take on a veteran salary. You know, you can do a price Mookie bets type deal type deal. Uh, and it, it doesn't, it wouldn't necessarily have to be a prospect haul either. They could get a couple major leagues. If a team's upgrading their outfielder position to Juan Soto, that's an upgrade for 29 of 29 teams. Juan Soto's that level of player. So if nothing else, it would give AJ Preller, you know, uh, a, a week to live in his element, to not sleep, to play yeah. basketball, and then be on the phone for 23 and a half hours when he's not doing that. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I tried to go through the other possibilities. The end of 2023 trade Juan Soto in the offseason. You don't um, do it. You're here to win World Series, and that's what Juan right. Soto does for you. Yeah. The 2024 trade deadline move. Um, it, it, Soto's now at its least valuable. Now it's a, it's a half-season rental. And you're at the Shohei contingency, right? Like, if you're the worst case is you're at you're at you're near 500, but the Dodgers are running away with the division. The newly remodeled Diamondbacks are scrappy. That you know they they won a wild card spot in 23, and now in 24 they're looking to take the next step. Uh, you know those those possibilities are there. I uh, you know. And Soto is posturing himself to be the 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 all time biggest free agent, and the Padres know that they they're going to get to talk with him in the next week or two, see exactly where he's at. It would surprise me if it was anything but. I'm going to free agency, guys. Um, I want to see him playing world. I want to see him playing playoff baseball for us for two seasons. That's where, that's where it's got to go. That's where it's going, Craig. None of this darkest yeah, timeline stuff. No Xanos. Uh, Xanos. All right. Thanos on Xanax? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, we want Thanos. <laughs> yeah, no, not Thanos. I was going to put together this Infinity Gauntlet, but I don't know. Uh, I'm feeling pretty mid right now. Maybe I'll just watch just, some Drag Race. Yeah, we'll just, we'll just chill out. What's on below? What's happening with Below Deck? That Kate is such a character. <laughs> Are they in the. Are they in Kaikos right now? Where are they? <laughs> Somebody get an AI of uh, Juan Soto as Thanos taking Xanax. That's that's what we need. Get that going. <laughs> <laughs> All right. In a different world, Juan Soto as Thanos taking Xanax would be the title of this podcast. But um, <laughs> maybe it still will be. I don't know. You guys will have to talk me out of that now because we've reached the end of the show. Padres Hot Tub. Thank you so much. We're going to be back, by the way, with a special group therapy uh, Thursday evening. Our good friend uh, Ben from MadFriars.com, MadFriar Ben, a proud member of our Discord, will be joining us live on the Discord, and we're going to be talking Padres Farm System. We're going to be talking not only about Jackson Merrill uh, and Zavala and Salas, but maybe some of the uh, lesser lights that could rise to prominence in 2023. So uh, patrons have the chance to participate in that show live patreon.com slash Padres hot tub if you haven't so we will talk to you later this week until then the hot tub is closed